Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Recorded live. Welcome to Talking with Tom. I'm Tom Dacey alongside Ed McCarver. Hello, Edward. Hello, Tom. How are you? Good to be back here. The uh, first Is this the first Tuesday? Is this the first yes, Tuesday it is. in March? Is this, so we're back at our uh, usual haunt, uh, American steamed cheeseburgers here on Quinnipiac Street in Wallingford. And our gracious host, Mr. Thomas Shatter. Yes, yes. Uh, best cheeseburgers um, this side of Quinnipiac Street, I guess, <laughs> oh, around there. They're very, uh, they're very good, and it's always good to come down here. Before we get started this evening, I just want to say uh, somebody just recently had a birthday. Uh, yes. Happy uh, birthday, Mr. Ed McCarver. Thank you, thank you. Uh, beginning my 67th trip around the sun. And as I said on Facebook, you don't look a day over 66. <laughs> well, well, I, I appreciate that. There are days I feel 65. Uh, there are other days I feel 165, but uh, but so far so good. I, I'm certainly a lot older than our guest, and as much as I hate to admit it, I'm a lot older than you too, Tom. But uh, but I feel good, and that's all that counts. And the kids got me a nice present. So, but we do want to also send birthday wishes uh, to your stepson, David Cunningham. Yes, David Cunningham, uh, beginning his uh, 38th trip uh, around the sun today. David is. Uh, Lovely bride, uh, Liana, and uh, and their son, Seamus. You know, Seamus has joined the uh, Cunningham clan as of um, November twenty fourth. He was born on uh, he was born on Turkey Day. So I wanted to name him Tom after my favorite turkey, but uh, <laughs> but, I, but I didn't. But Seamus Daniel Cunningham, um, welcome uh, into the world. And yes, David is celebrating his thirty eighth birthday. Uh, I don't know how much he's enjoying it. He's having it with my wife, but, uh, but that's all right. We, uh, we have a very good show tonight. Uh, so without further ado, let's welcome our guest, local race car driver, Nick Salva. Welcome, Nick. And you could join us here at American Steam Cheeseburger. I, I know I'm here for an hour, but you guys might be here uh, a little bit longer. So if you want to... Stop down, have a good meal, and, and talk to um, easily the fastest person in this room, Nick Salva, is a very fast driver. You know, I've ha- I have had my car up to 35 miles an hour once on I-91, but that was a long time ago. I want to start out by asking you, Nick, uh, how did you get started? Um, actually, family relations. Um, my mom, my stepdad when I was very young, and uh, his brother was a local driver named Bo Gunning. And uh, just kind of caught the bug early as a kid and got my chance to drive when I was 16. Now, you are 25 years of age now. Oh, cool. I'll be 25 in June. So 25 in June. Oh, okay. That's just about. All right. And we, are, we can already tell Tom and read his bio. He's already smarter than us. His favorite team is the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> so, uh, well, hey, we, we haven't gone all the way in a couple of years, so. We, I, I am a New York Jets fan. Tommy is a Dolphins fan, so. You're already light years ahead of us. <laughs> but you drive in what is called an 
I am kind of a race car novice, uh, but you're you're driving what is called an SK modified division. Could, yes, could you explain to um, the basis of a modified is uh, there's no fenders, it's a very wide tire car. Um, they say a lot of engine, a little bit of car. Um, there's three different levels of modified. There's what's called the SK light division, the SK modified division, and the four modified division. Um, the big difference between the three is your engine. Um, the SK light engine is about 350 horsepower. Um, your SK modified is about 460, and then the uh, tour modified is around 660 horsepower. What does that say? Um, in all honesty, I really don't. Oh, know. oh, that was oh sorry. sorry. No, it was trademarked by um uh, uh back in the 80s. I I, re I really don't know why they call it that, but yeah. <laughs> now, who who has been the greatest influence on your career? I'd say my stepdad Tom, and also my uncle Bo. Um, Bo was a driver, and my dad Tom is a. I've been by his side for years, and uh, they're the ones who got me in the sport and, you know, continue to uh, help me make strides. So you first drove at age 15? You oh, 16. 16. 16, okay, and you, and you will be 25 in June. So it's, uh, is, is that considered a lot of years of, of experience? Um, yes and no. I haven't been lucky enough to – I haven't run a lot of full seasons. Um, starting out even the past couple of years, I only really have two full seasons under my belt. Other than that, we just – I haven't been financially capable of running full seasons. We've run very well, but – you know, each season we've had to take about a month off or so just due to an accident. Now, your home track, is it, is it Stafford Springs? It has been for my entire career up until this year. My home track is actually going to be Thompson uh, International Speedway up in Putnam, and then also Claremont, actually, uh, Twin State Speedway in Claremont, New Hampshire. So we're switching gears a little bit this year. Now, is there anybody that you look up to? Um, there's definitely a bunch of drivers. I'm Keith Rocco being one of them. Um, you know, when I came into the you know, when I was a teenager up in racing, that's when Keith Rocker really came big. Um, my uncle Bo Gunning, definitely. Um, John Blue was the third. He had a lot of influence on, you know, my driving and my involvement in the sport. So, that's definitely two guys who have uh, Yeah, and we, we should mention, Tom, we are actually located in uh, in Wallingford, Connecticut. Keith Rocco is a Wallingford native, and uh, he's been making a lot of uh, headlines with his, uh, with his driving ability. Um, Keith, Keith and Jeff Rocco, kids, uh, kids growing up. Um, I wanted to ask, you know, we're talking with uh, Nick Salva, a uh, SK modified uh, race car driver um, from Prospect, Connecticut. Um, how how difficult was it to break into your sport? A lot of times we'll we'll have different athletes, and I consider you an athlete, and we'll we'll talk about. It. There are some people that don't think I don't think race car drivers are considered athletes, but tell, and we'll get to that later. But but tell us tell us how you broke into this. Um, really, it was just going to the track all the time. I um, started helping my uncle with the mechanical end of the car and then was lucky enough to start driving it. Um, really, the basis is to, to get your start in racing. The lower divisions are very easy to break into. You know, it is relatively cheap. You know, speaking in terms of racing, there's nothing really cheap in racing. But, um, you know, your entry divisions are easily attainable for a car. You know, it, it doesn't really take a, a whole lot of knowledge to make a car go good. So it is a pretty easy sport to break into, but at the same time, you do need to have a mechanical background and, you know, a little bit of understanding how the car works. Now, what is the procedure that you go through to prep for a race? Um, you know, obviously, the, the shop prep starts out, you know, going through the car, make sure, you know, everything with the car is in fact as far as, you know, what you're But when you get to the actual track, it's um, pretty simple. Usually we have uh, two rounds of practice that are eight laps a piece. 
you know, we go through big rotations of all the different divisions. Um, we have a qualifying heat race, so that kind of sets up the line the final feature event, which comes last in the night, and usually it's about 40 to 50 laps. You mentioned before uh, uh, about your race crew. Can you talk a bit about the race crew that, that you have, what their duties are in a race, and how, how do you go about assembling uh, a race crew together? Oh, it's kind of the guys who pretty much need to get the help. I mean, you know, there's always this one crowd that you have, you know, that does the sport and, you know, lets you have guys that come and help you. Um, the normal shop duties, it's just, it depends on how the week before went. If, you know, obviously if there's an accident, then, you know, whatever got damaged needs to be assembled on the car. But, uh, you know, just a normal week-to-week basis, it's pretty simple. You know, make sure there's oil in the car, everything moves freely, nothing's broken or bent, and, you know, setting up uh, the front-end geometry and all the weight distribution for the wheels, and away we go to the racetrack. Is there a limit on how many can be in a race crew? Is um, as far as going over the wall to service the car during a race, yes. But as, as far as anybody helping in the pits or a garage area, no. Because it's so when you pull into to a pit area during a race, it's many as you I think seven miles. Yeah, seven, 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 seven. Okay. okay. Have you ever had the opportunity to meet Joey Logano? No, I, I, when I was very, very little, I believe I did. He actually used to go down to my uncle's shop, but not in his, uh, in his further career that he's taken. Yeah, he's from right from Minnesota. Yeah, he's another local. Yeah. yeah, Joey Logano gets a lot of press. And I think it is, I, I think he started, is it called Midget Car Racing? I think in Maryland. Silver Silver Quarter Midget, I believe, believe he started years, years ago. And he's, he's a relatively young man. Oh, he's, I think, right around the same age I am. Maybe years what is he's the, very young compared to us. What is the greatest piece of advice that you ever received in your career? Um. That's a tough one to say as far as is it driving advice or just overall career advice? Overall, actually, both. Well, let's start with career advice. Yeah, overall both. career advice would have to be keep your head on straight and don't let your anger get the best of you. There was a situation where I had a close friend of mine take me out for a win. I could have got mad, which most people would have, and scream, try to hit him, list goes on. Um, I turned out to impress somebody who I had no idea that they noticed me. It was uh, a guy named by the Wayne Darling. He owned uh, Wayne the Modified Tour Car, a championship winning car. He ended up giving me his tour car at the completion of that season because he was impressed that I was able to keep my head on straight that night and not, you know, lose my wig. You know, it's especially with the advent of, of the YouTube videos and things like that, they, you do see a lot of race car drivers. It's a very passionate sport, because you have to understand, these guys play nine to five to some of these race cars and make them as good as they can be. You know, we work hours and hours going all nighters trying to finish these cars. So when something like that happens, it's, you know, it, it's heartbreaking. I mean, in that particular case, I had had to sit throughout three weeks prior because of an accident I had that almost destroyed my race car. So to be taken out like that, I, you know, I did not want to take on by any means. But Does that happen often? Do you do... do other drivers, to, I don't want to call it a cheap shot, but well, it, 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 it was a cheap shot. I mean, there are certain drivers that don't have the respect to try to make a proper move or don't have the talent to try to make a proper move. You know, they just try to send the car in there and just don't have the talent to back it up, which, you know, it's, I've been the victim of both instances. But, you know, it, it's something that you deal with in racing, you know. Did, did you know that going in, that this driver would like that? Did you have a preconceived I, strategy? I had a little bit of an idea. I, in that particular race, he was uh, definitely on me more than I was on him, but I think there was uh, a lot of underlining causes with sponsors and different things that uh, 
they did cause that move. But you know what? At the same time, it, it's we're racing. You know, we were coming down one lap to go. It's you know for the gusto, and he took the shot. Just didn't have the uh, didn't have enough to complete it. <laughs> You're listening to Talking with Tom. Our guest this evening is race car driver Nick Salva. You can give us a call at seven two four 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 seven four forty four. Call ID number one four one four eight zero to be connected to the show. Do you race all year round, or, or is there an off season for racing? Yeah, there's a, a small off season. Um, normal racing up here is pretty much as soon as April starts to October ends. Um, there may be a race or two in November, depending on rainouts, you know, things like that. But usually every racetrack wrapped up by November. Um, then you could chase kind of like specialty races. There's one race in North Carolina in November, mid-November, called the North South Shootout, which is kind of one last hurrah. And then things stay pretty quiet till February um, the, during the week of Speed Weeks for Daytona. The week before that, they have a um, track called New Smyrna. They race uh, some modified and some different divisions on there to look at Now, is that what you do in the uh, in the off season? Um, take the occasional race if you can. I, I haven't been able to take a um, chance for that opportunity yet, just for financial reasons and work reasons. But, you know, in the future, I'd like to. What has been the greatest moment in your career thus far? Um... I'd say I have to have two, to be honest with you. One of them was definitely my first modified win, and a mod, um, SK Light modified. Um, just growing up, watching my uncle win repeatedly, spending so much of the time at the track, that was the real, you know. I had won previously in a dare stock, but the, the modified win was really the crown jewel of that. And the second, I have to say, is um, my very first win the modified four-star at Waterford. I qualified, I believe it was ninth or 10th. And for a rookie to do that, you know, I believe there was 33, 34 cars that night. So I was very happy with that. What would you say was the, either the lowest or the scariest moment in your career? Um, lowest, I could say, has appearing on this show. <laughs> <laughs> lowest, I have to say, any of the times it got wrecked, um, we actually built a brand, brand new car this year. And the night I brought it out, the entire body got destroyed. We had a great race car, a great handling car, just picked them a circumstance on a restart. Somebody drove with the back of the car. So that was a big heartbreak. You know, it was the first brand-new car I'd ever built. So to see that get wrecked was, uh, you know, pretty disheartening. But um, the other one is any time you really get wrecked. And when you're coming to an accident, things get very, very slow. You, you're totally aware of everything going on. So that first hit, you could kind of tell it's like, oh, that one's going to cost a lot. <laughs> Have you ever been seriously injured? Um, I've had a concussion. I really haven't broken anything severely. Maybe broke a crap rib here or there, but knock on wood. Nothing too bad. Do you consider your sport to be as dangerous as, say, football or mixed martial arts I or hockey? To the fact that, you know what, people still die at the local level. I had a, um, somebody who I know, John Booth III, I mentioned earlier, he got killed actually at the track that I'm racing um, all year this year. So it, it does happen, you know what I mean? It's it still, every time we get in the car, you have to be comfortable with knowing that you may not be getting back out of the car. So I do have to say it is just the same thing. So far, the worst you've had is a cracked rip and yep. then a concussion. <laughs> now, for anybody that may be listening to us this evening, that say they're an aspiring driver, I want to get involved in the field. What advice would you give them? Um, if you're going to try to break into racing, make sure uh, a well-prepared race car is much better than trying to get a race car to the racetrack that is not completely done. In other words, 
if you're going to spend the money, spend the time and make sure you're getting to the racetrack, make sure it's the best car that you can make it. We're talking with race car driver uh, Nick Salva here on uh, Talking with Tom. Give us a call. And no, I don't have that number memorized. I didn't write it down. 724-444-7444. You had mentioned, Nick, on your driver profile sheet that one of your non-racist copies is, is physical fitness. And this kind of leads to what we were talking before. How important is it for a race car driver to be physically fit? Uh, in my opinion, it's very important as far as longevity and sharpness. Um, that's a physically demanding. I mean, there are conditions in our cars, and you know, especially in cup cars, when you get up to the higher levels, you know, we're subjected to 100, 110 degree, 120 degree weather, so, you know, three, four layers, layers of you know, thermal insulated stuff on for our fire suits. So I, I have to say it is pretty important. What, what do you do to stay in shape? Um, I should go to the Edge right down here, um, right in uh, Meriden, the Edge Fitness Club. Yep, yep. So, you know, some cardio, some weightlifting, stuff like that. So uh, when is your uh, next race coming up? Uh, March 31st, April 1st and 2nd. They call it the uh, Icebreaker. That's at Thompson Motor Speedway. So uh, it's a big race on Sunday, so that kicks off the season for us. Are you confident a bit? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. You're getting ready to go back. Can't wait, right? Oh, yeah. You have um, several sponsors in looking over your, your race profile. What role does the sponsors play in the organization? Um, I, I mean, really, I would not be anywhere close to where I am without my sponsors. Um, starting off first with J.G. Flow and Drywall, being Bridget Flow, that they have helped me my entire career so far, and, you know, they're the ones who were was allowed me to get up to the next level of racing and to the SKM modified. Um, also, definitely Wayne Darling, as I've mentioned before, he was the one who got me my big shot in the Wayland Modified Tour. Um, this year we'll be racing a division actually owned by him, it's the uh, Tri-Track Racing Series. So there's uh, four different races at three different tracks. I believe every single race is $10,000 to win. So that's uh, definitely a big attraction. Um, just a quick side story. Growing up, I used to hear a lot of stories, these big money events, stuff like that, you know, where kind of run, run what you run in open modified race where it's just all a dash for cash. So he, him and a few other people have brought that back into the modern day racing, so that's a very exciting thing. Um, FK Rodins, they're actually a small company out of Southington. They make all our uh, Rodins, Hives, and also Fregola, I believe. Um, uh, that, that's a, um, a sister company owned by the same family, but um, yeah, they help us out quite a bit with parts. And um, Dell's Vinyl Siding, he, uh, he, he's just a, a very dedicated person who comes to the racetrack to support us, really. So, uh, yeah, definitely a lot of people help me out. Uh, Green Construction Management, they helped me. He's the one who uh, helped me out get the car all lettered up and looking good for this year. Now, if one was interested in sponsoring you, do they usually come to you? or? Um, yeah, usually. Um, I've had people, you know, approach me at the racetrack on, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, I mean, any kind of sponsorship, there's no, nothing too large or too small. Everything helps. So, if somebody were uh, wanted to uh, follow your career and where you're racing, are you on social media? Yes. yes. Um, my Twitter and Instagram is NBK Salva at A O B A, and uh, Facebook, I believe, is actually the same thing. So they okay. could they could uh, look for upcoming races if they wanted to go yep. see you race. Yep. We're talking with race car driver uh, Nick Salva on this month's edition of. Uh, talking with Tom here on talk show. Um, what's the biggest misconception about race car drivers? 
when you tell people you're out of gathering and you say, I'm at, I'm a race car driver, do they... I haven't really had many negative feedback from that, but I do have to say the one thing people do think is, you know, simple, you just jump in a car and drive and um, they don't realize how, if you want to be competitive, how close to the edge you actually have to, you know, drive that race car, so to speak. So uh, I, I guess the answer to that question is the people just don't understand how hard we actually have to push the cars in order to make them do what they do. The um, the movie about race cars. Uh, and I'm trying thunder. to think of one. Uh, Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder. Oh, yeah. Okay. Is, was, is that accurate? Oh yeah. I, I say yes. That was and Nice is a little bit far fetched. <laughs> but hey, we'll bear with I'm so nice. Did Steve McQueen years ago? Steve McQueen made a race car. Maybe. Do you know Steve McQueen? No, no. All right, next question. I do only because of watching porn stars. <laughs> he was married to Allie McGraw, so probably nobody knows who Allie McGraw is. Um, you are or soon will be 25 years old. Is that considered, are you considered in your prime as, as an athlete now? or? Um, so to speak, yes, I say most drivers between 25 and 35, that's kind of their winning time, so to speak, in the prime time. Um, I did get a little bit of a late start as compared to most drivers, but, yeah, I'd say that's very, a fairly accurate statement. And then when you're considered over the hill after 35? Uh, not even. I mean, I'll, I believe it was Bob Potter. He didn't win his first championship until after 50, and he won quite a few after that. So um, it really depends. That, uh, but you, also that's difference between the local level and the professional level as far as, you know, the cup guys up in NASCAR. If you're not like 15 and have a cup deal scheduled yet, you're already too old. So there's yeah. still hope for you, Andy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I need a different sort of cup deal. We're talking with Nick Silva, uh, Nick Salva, a uh, race car driver. If you could join us here. I'm sorry, Tom, that, that number again. 724-444-7444. Call ID number 141480. We we kind of touched on this before, but um, about different drivers. But do drivers generally get along with each other uh, after a competition? Will you have oh, a beer together? <laughs> <laughs> so if you were cut off or something. But generally, if, if everything went well, I say if everything went well. Yeah, I mean you had drivers that you know what they could wreck each other on the racetrack, and then we'll be best friends after. It really depends on the dynamic of the relationship, and, you know, it, it varies from, you know, driver to driver and person to person. They haven't gotten to any brawls with any other driver. Ah, it's been a time or two, but, you know, but, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, do you do you do this part time? You mentioned you work. Yeah, full yes. time. Can um, you tell us about your full time? Oh yeah, I calibrate the team with degree. Um, it's a, a small family company. I work for um my family. Um, yeah, so I pretty much travel up and down the coast. I go to places like Sikorsky, Pratt and Whitney, and different machine shops up and down the coast to make sure the machinery is accurate. Yeah. But I imagine there's a time when you want to maybe put this behind you for a while and just just race. Um, it's really not perceivable, to be totally honest, just as far as the money, um, the input never equals the output. So it's more of a hobby style. I mean, there are going to be times where I just take time off from work and, you know, there's, you know, weekend races and stuff like that. But at this level, you could really never make enough to make a living off of it. 
but 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 you knew you knew oh, yeah. going in. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, I'll be totally honest. When I first started racing, I had no idea that I would ever be able to make it this far. Um, it just wasn't something I ever really I had hoped and dreamed, but it was never never anything I really planned for. <laughs> but hey, I'll keep going as far as I can take. Do, do you get good crowds at the? Uh, I was just gonna ask what the crowds are like. Yeah. Yes and no. Um, there's different weekends. You know, um, bigger race weekends and the weekend races where we get bigger crowds. Um, I say as far as the asphalt tracks, they're suffering, but I know plenty of dirt tracks that are thriving. Um, a lot of it is due to expense. Uh, it's, you know, it's like going bringing your a family court to a movie. You know, you know, this is your set price. You're not going to get out of there any cheaper than this. So, yeah. I really think cost has tarnished or hurt the uh, crowds at the racetrack. I mean, I heard stories of back in the '80s and '90s of you know standing room only, and I say the last five years it's been you know a, a very far far-fetched thing. So I know the last race I went to. Riverside Park. I oh, I remember Riverside. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But actually, I went, I don't even know if they still have, but it was a demolition derby. Yeah. They have that up at Thompson. It's called Building Construction. Oh yeah. I can remember. I can remember going there years ago. As you said, when it was Riverside, I do remember the demolition derby. And at that time, it was uh, all the guys from Casey 101 at the time. Oh really? The demolition derby. I remember going up to see it. And I just remember the the name Joey Chitwood. Oh, yeah. Joe, Joey Chitwood, was that the demolition or just real, oh, real, 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 real Okay. Did you ever say I want to be a demolition derby? Oh, yeah. just one. Hey, we have a demolition derby to have that happen. <laughs> but uh, oh yeah, they have an enduro race too, which is um pretty much you know same kind of concept as the demolition derby, but instead of last man standing, it's last man going forward. You know, it's still circle track setup. But, you know, they'll be going down and I stuff you on the wall and wreck this guy and that guy. Because I think, and if I'm not mistaken, in Demolition Derby, I think you, you can't go head on. Right? You, you, yeah, that's only man up, right? You're not supposed to go head on, head, you know, T bone and broadside. So, you know, so, so. What is that rate that's on the TV? Bigger rate, yep. Have you ever done that? No, I haven't. That, that's a little over my line. That's where that will pay off. That's where line. <laughs> they do at Riverhead a track in New York. Matthew, so. you mentioned something about, uh, uh, and again, we're talking to uh, race car driver Nick Salva uh, about a, a thrill show, and that's where they do like tricks or stunts with. Uh, yeah, uh, I haven't seen one in a couple of years, to be totally honest, but you know, they'll do the, um, what is it, the big fireball ring, or jump through it, car lights on fire, and things like that. Have you ever had a. <laughs> A fire engine. Oh, I've never. Um, yeah, I say, I say, I. Well, what's the? Yeah, there was one. There's one fire last year. We had an extra fire, that was not not an intentional show, but it was. <laughs> um, I'd have to say no. I enjoy speed more and sliding sideways and stuff like that more as you know, fire and rolling over. So, just a perfect fire. <laughs> Now you're in the the SK modified. Have you ever wanted to like get like, like a stock car, or have you ever wanted to get up in? All honesty, they don't drive as well. They don't um horsepower to weight. It's 
much less the electric with Cloverdale. And those law, I mean, I would take the opportunity to give it. I have driven a couple full-bodied cars, which I think is more towards what you're talking about, yeah. a stock car. Yeah. Um, I have driven them just as far as what I personally, you know, to drive for somebody else, I would definitely entertain the opportunity. But if I'm going to be putting the money in, I prefer to be doing it in the old car. Okay. Yeah. So they are just as fun, but um, just can't really carry the same amount of speed. Do we have any questions from our studio audience? Uh, Claremont of uh, Twin State Speedway in Claremont, New Hampshire. That's um, every other Friday. And if, and if people want to follow you, uh, you can give the, give the Instagram yep. sign again. It's uh, N-S-P-A, sounds like S-A-L-D-A. So. so when you get a car accident on the scratch, most people use it because when it happens in the regular Friday, it's um, yeah, it's pretty much because it's just a feeling you get in the car that you know, okay, I'm not going to correct this, I'm not going to be able to come out of it, that wall's coming and it's going to hurt. <laughs> so yeah, everything just kind of freezes, you can kind of, you're, you're a little aware, usually you could take your hands off the steering wheel and kind of break a little bit for the impact, and uh, yeah, then when the hit happens, that's when it speeds back up. <laughs> when you crack your rib, was it a wall or? Yes, yes. Um, yeah, the most recent concussion, I actually, I, I actually have the video I have to show you guys after. Um, the car, I got, <laughs> somebody came off the corner, put the stuff in the wall, and bounced out and collected a bunch of other cars. I came out of the corner, there was actually a car above me that came down on top of my car and kind of just shot the nose down and the back end of the car up and um, ended up throwing the back end into the catch fence and ripped the rear end right out of the car. Oh, so, wow. Uh, so, uh, Uh, it didn't turn out so well. Oh, definitely. definitely. Do you learn from your mishaps? Oh, there are things as far as on the racetrack where they're just out of your control. I mean, that's, that's one thing I was unfortunate with this year, was just things out of my control. Um, as far as actual mistakes driving-wise, I've been lucky enough to have a, a good teacher. I haven't made it. Whole bunch that are too detrimental to you know anything with the car, but uh, yeah, you definitely learn. The big thing is you have to adapt the way you drive the car every race to the, what track conditions are and how the car is handling. So it's always a learning curve. I need to know because I heard a story. Is it more is, is it more dangerous driving in a race or through Waterbury? Uh, I don't know if you want to share that, but a little birdie told me that. Yeah, yeah. One night somebody, uh, somebody picked up my window. So you don't, you don't text while you're outside driving. <laughs> <laughs> no, that must have, that had to be scary. Yeah, I mean, almost. I mean, it was six o'clock at night too. It was not like it was a you know two three o'clock in the morning in a bad neighborhood. I was driving down sixty eight, and someone just. Decided that they wanted to try to take me out, apparently. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, I haven't had that happen with the race track, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I keep the guys updated. <laughs> so, I'm with the race car driver, uh, Nick Salva, here on uh, Talk Tom. Uh, not sure how much time probably have. I've exhausted all my questions, but I'm thinking of plenty of them while we're, while yeah. we're talking here. Um, 
you are you are a relatively young man, but but someday down the road, if uh, if you decide to have children, and uh, say you had a young son or daughter that, that wanted to follow in your footsteps as a driver, which I'm assuming they would have a blessing. Uh, I would say yes. I would say yes. Um, racing as through childhood now has become, in my opinion, very tainted. Um, parents get involved, and a, a lot of cheating goes on as far as the cards, so it's more the money you have in your pocket, not the talent you have as a driver. So that's one thing to consider, you know, for anybody who wants to get their kids involved in racing. But uh, I would say yes. You know, as a son or daughter, it made me think of Deanna Patrick. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Are there are there other uh, women in sport? Yeah. Yes, there are. Yes, there are. Um, a couple that drive up here. Um, someone's had some relative success. Um, I, I, I'm, they're not very common, to be honest. Not anything against them. It's just uh, it is few and far between. Yeah, that's the only one I can think of. I don't know any other. We we had we had an interview with Kayla Jeshin. Yes, who's a magician. Okay, and and she's um, yeah, local local girl from uh, from Wallingford, and we were talking about all the great magicians, you know, Houdini, David Copperfield, uh, and and she had a great line, and she says yes, she said the line for the women's room isn't that long. Okay, uh, I have a picture here that uh, perhaps you could. I know we don't have a camera here. Oh, but okay. you could explain no, what it is. Uh, it was a two years ago. Um, yeah, uh, it was actually the very first Waterford Eagle Super Bowl of auto, uh, auto racing, and uh, I was an inaugural winner of the Rapid Light Race. So that was pretty special. <laughs> Yeah, that was a very special one. What year was that? That was 2015. Oh, no, yep, 15. We are talking to race car driver Nick Salva. You can give us a call here on TalkShoe.com at 724-444-7444. Call ID number 141480. Very good. Oh, guy by the name of Paul Mastraud. He's actually Canadian. He's from, I believe, Quebec City. Um, I drove for him briefly three years ago in a couple of MRS events, and uh, yeah, he gave me a phone call a few weeks ago. He wants me to drive for him up to Claremont Speedway. Nice. So that'll be, that'll be a good time. It's a four-type car, so those are the 650-horsepower cars. It's a, a very small little bullring, a third of a mile with some very high banking, so uh, should be a fun little racetrack. Now, does that happen a lot that, that somebody will, will see you race, uh, somebody will stand sponsoring and I'll say, hey, can you, I want you to drive, or will you drive for me this particular race? Yes and no. Um, they are becoming a, a lot fewer now that time's going on and, you know, the cost of racing has become more back in the day. I say it's a lot more common, but um, there definitely are still a few owners out there that can hire their drivers. So I'm very lucky for that. I, I am. Interesting. Yeah. Not that I know, to be honest. Not that I know. Oh, widgets. Oh, the crew calls me widgets. That's one they created. Yeah. What's the origin? What's the origin? Uh, why do they call you widgets? <laughs> this isn't something they call Uber asking you questions. <laughs> um, I was 13 years old going down to the shop, and uh, one of the older guys who helped us out named George Buffington. He just called me a widget one day, and I, I had no idea what it meant. So I went home and Googled, 
Google that it's an unspecified goal and an unspecified purpose. <laughs> so that was that like our lifestyle right there. Well, right. well, don't you remember in uh, the movie Back to School? Dangerfield? Yes. What's so with it? Yes, yes, I do, I do remember that. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. What's so with it? Now we know. <laughs> we can't we can't mention any of my nicknames on the air. No. <laughs> uh let let me show this picture to the camera first. Then I'll ask you to explain. Is it okay to speak? And I we will ask you uh, to explain uh explain this. So the story I touched on earlier where the gentleman who was a friend of mine decided to put me in the wall, this was the following week. Um now we had started off the season with I had run on the outside of the leader for fourteen laps before the third car decided to drive me up into the wall and destroy my car. We came back after three weeks of fixing the car to have the other gentleman try to take me out. This was the fifth week of the season, just after we had the car back together, and I started 19th and drove to the win. So just so happened to be National Donut Day from Dunkin' Donuts, and my uncle has always done donuts after he wins, so I had the bright idea to do some myself. <laughs> Um, it cost $100 per donut. I did one and a half, so I got fined $150. Well worth it. Well worth it. <laughs> uh, you mentioned it was a field of, of, of 19. What, um, is there usually a limit to the number of cars? I believe we put up 28, 28 to 33 cars on. Um, most times in that division, we have like 24 cars that night. So, oh, wow. Yeah. I'd say for fairly average, it's about 20 to 24 cars. And how how is it decided? Like who is in the in the lead row? Um, they have a handicap system. Um, it's pretty complicated. If you're in the top 18 in points and you run every week consecutively, um, you basically get uh, it's based on money one, I believe. So the worse you do, the further up you start. I know, like, and I always think I always wondered that too. Yeah. Well, TV's a little different. You qualify for your position. Um, as far as any of the cup racing goes and even the higher core racing, um, most local divisions, though, are on a heat race basis with um, the handicap system put into place. So, as I explained, that's pretty common. You mentioned television. Um, do you watch races on television? And is it? In all honesty, the past few years, I have declined in watching um, at a professional level in the cup series. Um, I'm not a big fan of what they're doing with the chase and the different point situations now, so I've lost interest as far as that. No, by the chase you mean? Um, there they NASCAR try to change their point system to more of a playoff format versus uh, you know, a 36 race schedule format. So it's not, it's no longer the car that does best for the whole season. It's the car that can do the best the last 10 races. Uh, uh, in my opinion, it kind of takes away from it because yeah. that's not racing. You know, um, a couple years ago, Kyle Busch won the championship. While he's a very talented driver, he missed a third of the season. How do you crown so many a champion that didn't compete? In the oh, okay. So that, that's where I kind of yeah. have the issue with it. I agree. Um, how about the coverage with uh, with the camera? I think they have a camera. Sometimes it's yep. drivers. Yep. Uh, right in the dash. Different camera angles. Yep. Yeah. I mean, even uh, the, the one of the divisions that I run, the Wayland One Five Four, that's actually on um, former Fox Sports One NBC Sports Network. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. All the air, all the races are aired on that. Oh, yep. oh wow. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. So yeah, you must. Like to see that just because oh, yeah. it's definitely, definitely you know any kind of coverage is good coverage you know especially for 
sponsors, you know, the people who put a lot of money into us. And that's on NBC Sports? Yep, NBC Sports Network. And also, is it New England Sports Network? I think that's where the... Oh, that's the Red Sox plan, right? Yep. 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 They cover some. Yeah, we, I know that channel well. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Not like that other... What's that? The Yes Network. What's that, uh, the Golf Ball channel? The Yankee plan? <laughs> oh, you mean the, the the ones that are going to move to the Philippines and they're going to be the Manila Bulls? <laughs> How did you become a Green Bay Packer fan? Um, actually, my best friend Eric was a Green Bay Packer fan growing up, so I just kind of I would watch the ball games with him and kind of took a liking to him. Eric was my best friend. My best friend was a Um. Yeah, I did see your post uh, the other night, by the way, about that. It's usually the, the Jets that are disappointing for you. Now it's uh, TWD. Which is The Walking Dead. Yeah. So, and, uh, and I got killed for that, for that day. I know we're a little off topic here, but The Walking Dead is, in my opinion, it's not, it's not a very good season. So, <laughs> so I kind of... I haven't heard that on the radio before. It's talking about a deer that looks like a face. Yes, like yes, that. yes. And uh, there was more romance and not enough. Not enough <laughs> so, so I used to say that on Sundays, you know, the Jets were just, just disappoint me, but now it's the Walking Dead. We are we are a little off topic. <laughs> Is there anything that we have not covered, Nick, that you'd like to address? I that's pretty well covered. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty good. I mean, we got a pretty good stuff of it. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll go over my sponsors real quick if you guys don't mind. No, no, yeah, I'll go right ahead. Go right ahead. Drywall, SK Rylands, um, Green Construction Management, Dell's Vinyl Siding, uh, Pettit Racing Engines, Bob Bruno Racing Engines. I'm sorry, Bob Bruno's Engine. Bob's Racing Engine Research. Said <laughs> <laughs> um, One second, just so I don't forget anybody. Uh, Ecall Grand Prix, um, Northeast Race Cars and Auto Parts, and R&R Fabrication, and Waddell Communications. Okay. I think I got everybody. Now, if somebody were interested in coming to see a race, do they get tickets in advance? Or? Um, yes, I think all the racetracks do have that option on their website, um, thompsoninternationalspeedway.com and twinstatespeedway.com. And if not, there's always general admission you know, at the gate. Okay. In case anybody out there listening might want to go to a race and know, they know how they can go about it. Oh, yeah. And it might be, you know, it might be good, good evenings entertainment. You know, it's good to support a local short track. It's much more entertaining to see in person than it is on the track. I bet. Do you do a car? Yeah, actually, we're going to be bringing the car to a car show, Rachel Rama, Frank Parada's auto show up at the DG this weekend. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have a car show the following weekend in Nogatok. Um, what's that? Oh, and also, uh, the car will be shown at Rheinsdale in, the, I believe, about three weeks. So that's, uh, oh, yeah, Rheinsdale up in Vernon, Connecticut. So I have the race car up out in front of there. That's one of my sponsors also. I say we bring it down here to American Steam Cheeseburger. Yeah, absolutely. Whenever you're ready. Park it right on the sidewalk. Oh, yeah. But, Nick, I want to thank you uh, for joining us this evening. Thank you guys very much. It was great. Yeah, it was fun. Fun. Yeah. And before we go, I know you're off to rehearsal. Give a quick plug for your up-and-coming play. Yes, Longford Community Theater presents uh, Lend Me a Tenor, 
April uh, 6th, 7th, and 8th at the uh, Library Wine in uh, Bistro. Tickets are uh, $25. You can get them at Brown, oh, Mary Ellen Kelly, brownpaperticket.com or... Yeah, I believe that's what it is. Go to my Facebook page, uh, Emma Carver. I'm there, too. So, but, but thank you for the April 6th, 7th, and 8th? Yes, it's a Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, well, I, do I have plenty of time to get my tomatoes and eggs ready? Yes. And it, um, we're right near the audience, so I'm sure you won't hit this. <laughs> Even with your arm, although you're better than... <laughs> I love the paper. It's golf stuff. You throw better in tan ale, so you'll probably hit me. But... Always a pleasure, Ed. All right, thank you. I I need to scoot. All right, thank you. Uh, yes, uh, we will be back here next month on the first Tuesday of April. And uh, we don't have a guest confirmed yet. We're working on that. But uh, it's, always the first, it's, always, it's always the first Tuesday of the month. So, you know, if it's the first Tuesday, it means it's time for Talking with Tom at American Steam Cheeseburgers. But uh, I want to thank our host once again, Mr. Tom Shepard. Again, thank you, Nick. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us, everybody, and we'll see you next time. So I got a video.